This time on Holy Ghost Notes. Welcome to Holy Ghost Notes. Beer in hand, soaking up the sun. Sometimes I pee in the pool. You might be illegal. You should go to divorce care. Shot to my ego. A little bit less of a man. <laughs> Hey, this is Matt. Welcome to Holy Ghost Notes. Tim, how are you? I'm good, dude. How are you doing? Doing well. I nailed that intro. You did. You always do, though. There have been a few times it has been lackluster. That was not Eh. one of them, but there have been a couple. You've probably (laughs) edited them out so no one ever knows. (laughs) That's the nature of the world we live in. If it's not good, cut it out and make it better and pretend (laughs) that it's good. (laughs) Yep. Which is fine by me, honestly. Yeah. It yeah. really is. I remember back when we were recording Thrill Seeker and Adam D was like beat detecting everything, mm-hmm. which now that I have Pro Tools, I know how much work is involved in that. Oh, yeah. Back then it was like I record something and I had no idea that you could quantize it. So it's like, mm-hmm. dude, I played that triplety part so bad I need to redo it. <laughs> and he's like, well, that would be fine, except you've already tried to redo it four times and we don't... <laughs> we don't need to get a perfect take. I'm like, what do you mean? Like it has to be good. Solid state budgets in this. And we're trying to really do this record top notch. And he's like, well, I could, I can make it perfect. Mm. I'm like, you can make it perfect. (laughs) So then just like watching his, his magic happen so quickly, he would quantize a section and then rewind it. It's just like, like, damn, I played that. (laughs) He's like, no, you didn't. (laughs) <laughs> Here's what you played, and then he like went back to the previous playlist. Oh yeah, that was me. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> but I prefer I, the perfect route. <laughs> yeah, I remember very clearly, like when I when I recorded um, at Ocean Way in Nashville. Um, I remember getting a take. The producer Brian, he's like, "All right, come on in." That was good, and I was like so excited. And I came in, and the first thing I see is this big screen, and uh, the engineer there is. Cut, cutting and pasting and moving <laughs> everything over and splicing it up. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> you suck. You suck. You suck. This is okay. We're still going to be detected. Yeah. You suck. Every single you slice suck. was a new shot to my ego. <laughs> but I'm a little bit less of a man. I'm a little bit less of a man. Yeah, it builds in you this confidence that you're like, okay, well, at least I play the instrument well enough that I'm here. Like that yeah. that's your baseline, right? At right, least I'm right. in a band. <laughs> mm-hmm. That can well, be funny. detected. It's it was so I mean it's it's interesting. Like I probably have said this before, but in my old band, uh, way back in the day, our goal was always what we called no squints. And what that meant was if we were listening back to our recorded ver- uh demo or whatever or the song that we just recorded, the goal was that we didn't like squint at all like a mess up or a, you know an off note or something so the goal was always you know if we were under like five squints for the whole song that's a pretty good that's a mm. good song you know um and so now with everything you know y- you you make everything perfect in post what do you strive for and now for me it's like takes mm-hmm. the less takes i have or the less mm-hmm. cuts mm-hmm. It, you know maybe not overall takes but the less takes it took to get the perfect take yeah at perfect take uh you know the better i feel about myself and the better i feel about that performance and that song you know right um, how how much better do you feel like you get from one take to the next do you feel like there are takes where you get parts that much better that you're like good i'm glad i did another take or is it just a marginal amount each time 
uh, for the better on, or worse? It depends on what I'm doing because a lot of what I've been doing recently has been um, like drum cover videos, and and so I feel like the more times I play with with limited time that I have, the more times I play through that song, the more into the song I get, and the more I kind of memorize, or the more it becomes a part of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I've been practicing a song that I wrote, for instance, and I'm going into the studio to record it, and I know it, right? It's usually like the first or second take that I get the best. Yeah, I'm a first um, take drummer. Yeah, first take. It's weird. That's if man. I'm prepared. That's if I put the work in up to that. Absolutely. Point. If I haven't, if I'm like, I'm gonna sit down and record a drummer drum cover real quick. Let me learn how to play it. Right. It's the opposite, you know. Exactly. You, there has to be that time, which in my case, it's usually what song do I want to cover today and post on Instagram, <laughs> and right. I sit down for twenty minutes, assess the song, play it, record it. You know, three or four takes later, I'm posting it up on Instagram. Uh, you know, usually the fourth or fifth take is the one that I end up using. But absolutely, we'll yeah. we'll get to this in a bit because our topic today um, pertains to this. But I've often found with recording drum videos or drum audio, it's sort of like renovating a house. Hmm. When you go to renovate a room, or you go to paint a room, or you go to put in a new floor, whatever it is, you think to yourself, "Boy, it's going to take two or three hours. Not too bad." Not all that great. Somewhere in the middle, right? Two, three hours, three max, maybe four if I'm really having a tough time. It's Mm -hmm. always eight hours later. I mean, it is always eight (laughs) hours later. Like, and that's you doing things efficiently, proficiently, high level, no lunch break. Yep. It always takes eight hours. Like everything takes eight hours. Mm -hmm. And with, with drum recording and drum audio, if you include the practice time, if you include the setup, if you include the record time and the post you think to yourself, this whole thing will take two or three hours and it never does. Yeah. It true. never does. <laughs> there's, if there's one truth that I've really um, held myself to um, with everything really, but especially like with work and with drumming, it's or when it comes to time, never underestimate. Like I actually plan out five to six hours. That's, that's as much as I plan out in my work day because mm. I know that's going to end up being eight to 10 hours. Right. There's just no getting around it. So I always overestimate the amount of time it's going to take to do stuff and make sure that I have extra time, you know, uh, in between. Otherwise, I cannot manage my time. <laughs> so Yeah, and you're disappointed yeah. or you're yeah. let down or you're, fr- you're really frustrated. I get yeah. frustrated if, if I have expectations for something, especially if I'm the one doing the work or I'm mm-hmm. the one contributing to the project and it falls short. It's just like, dude, where did I go yeah. wrong with this? Exactly. When I renovated my farmhouse, that was probably the most valuable thing I learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned how to put in pergo flooring. I learned how to do some electrical, a little bit of plumbing. I suck at plumbing. Um, I kind of suck at electrical too. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I think the lesson I learned was was separate from all of those pragmatic practical applications, which is just like when I went to that house, which is about 10 minutes away, I used to think, okay, this is going to take half a day. And I, I had to change my mindset completely hmm. and just be like, this is going to take all day. I will not be home until 9 p.m. So I'd pack a lunch. I'd pack a dinner. You know what I mean? And and yeah. and I would get done by like five then. And I was excited because I like had my evening, which right. I didn't plan for at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best feeling when you when you overestimate the time and then you knock it out and you have double the amount of time or even just a little bit of time left that you can spend either getting ahead on the next item on your list or spend 
spend it for something for yourself, you know? Right. It's yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it definitely, it's definitely an applicable idea when it comes to drumming. And yeah. like I said, we'll get to that with our drum topic. Absolutely. But, um, we didn't really get to catch up. So, uh, <laughs> what's, what's going on in your world, man? I haven't talked to you in at length and about, well, since our last recording. Yeah. Well, to be honest, not much has happened because I haven't left the house a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it has been nice. Um, we did get, I got to see my family, uh, recently. Nice. Um, and, uh, and so that was nice. Uh, we went to, to Lancaster actually while you were away. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were there for, uh, for a couple of days, got to see my grandparents and, uh, my cousin got married. And, uh, so we weren't at the wedding, but we got to all, my family was, was sitting in a room like zoom watching a wedding, okay. nice. <laughs> my cousin's nice. wedding. Uh, so that was pretty nice. There's um, probably a lot of that happening, right? Zoom and for sure. f- Facebook live and yeah, your drive by stuff. There's like, so, um, I live across from a uh, high school. I can see it out my kitchen window and, and, um, obviously the, um, the seniors this year didn't have a graduation. There was no right. graduation ceremony. Um, so what they've actually been doing is they've been, out front of in front of the school, um, with uh, you know all these decorations and family can drive up and kind of sit back on the side and watch them get their diplomas and stuff. So it's it's cool, um, you know a weird oh, oh it's a weird time, but still mm-hmm. they were able to make it special. But mm-hmm. I've been seeing that over the last week and a half, all these kids taking pictures in front of the the graduate sign and then you know mm. getting their diplomas and stuff. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's hard for me to, I don't really, I'm not thinking about that aspect of life because I don't have any siblings that are graduating high school. Mm -hmm. I do have some family members that are graduating college though. Mm. And I was saying to my dad, I, I asked my dad, I said, what do you think is more upsetting a high school or graduating high school without a ceremony or a college student graduating college without one? And we both agreed that we we felt like a high school student graduating high school would be more disappointed just because of the 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 uh, social reinforcement and just mm-hmm. where you are in your formidable you know years that is high school. Yeah, missing out on that celebration versus in college. I've I have I have both both ideas exist um, in my family. One is I'm so glad I don't have to walk in front of 2000 people. <laughs> and then the other is, wow, I'm really disappointed that we don't get to do something special big yeah. time because I just mm-hmm. spent eight years in school. Right. Uh, my brother's a nurse practitioner. He just graduated and didn't have a ceremony, you know? And yeah. so I'm sure there are many that are listening that are either graduating high school or more likely just graduating college in whatever capacity that is. And, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I, I don't really have my finger on the pulse as to what that would be like, but when I talk about it or when I hear you talk about it or when I talk to my siblings about it, it it would really suck. I mean, yeah. it would really suck to not have something. It just speaks to the expectation, right? If you oh, expect absolutely. something to happen, you've been planning for it, been working towards it, and all of a sudden you don't have that there. Yep. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are postponed... Um, celebrations down the road in probably condensed formats, but just a way to look back and sort of prorate what didn't happen, whether it's ceremonies, um, that are correlated to, you know, graduations or Mm -hmm. parties or weddings. I'm sure it's already happening in the wedding world. 
Yeah. Um, we just went through what should have been the busiest time to get married spring and early summer and just went away like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, and it's, it's hard to have that perspective to see like what some of these, especially these kids are, are missing out on, you know, um, you know, the wedding is tough. I know what it takes to, to plan a wedding is, you know, to have all that set in stone, a venue picked out and all the vendors put together and then it gets to that day and you can't, you're not legally allowed to have it. <laughs> it's like, it's unheard. Like that's never happened before. That was never <laughs> a thing you have to think about. Like, well, maybe I shouldn't plan it on this day because it might be illegal. Um, right. <laughs> you know, um, someone put it in perspective in regards to the high school students though, like no one knew how long this quarantine was going to last. People thought, oh, we'll be out for a few days or a week or something like that. A lot of the kids that, you know, they saw their friends um, one day thinking maybe we'll go, you know, we won't see until next week or something. And um, these kids will go off to college and probably never see their high school friends again. You know, so it's like a weird uh, or like the valedictorian, he won't be able to give his speech. You know, he might mm-hmm. he might have been preparing this speech for months, <laughs> you know. Mm, that's true. Um, and so there's a lot of things that are missing out. And, yes, they're trivial in comparison to what is going on um, in the world, but it's still meaningful to somebody. And if it's mm-hmm. meaningful to somebody, it's meaningful, <laughs> in Absolute, my opinion. That's you know? 100% true. 100% so, true. But, the, uh, the one thing I've enjoyed recently since the last time we talked um, – my connect group got back together for the first time. Oh, great. So my teaching pastor at my church, he asked me, it would have been a couple months ago to help him lead the group. It has been for me draining to do it virtually. I have not enjoyed it all that much. Yeah. I like talking. I like the conversations we have, but unlike this conversation that I have with you every two weeks, it is more work than sometimes it's worth Mm. it's an investment that you don't feel like yields any sort of real reward yeah um and i feel like most people just sort of leave frustrated so for the first time we actually were able to get back together this would have been last thursday we had a great conversation just being with some people that actually hadn't hadn't even left the house i had Mm. forgotten that that was the situation with a lot of people i presume just because my life is much different in that I have the farm. Mm-hmm. Farming has not stopped. There's been absolutely no pause. I've been out and about yeah. every week with people, you know, family members. Um, so, yeah, it was nice to get back together it's and um, sort of pick up where we left off, which would yeah. have been like two months ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting that even um, I'm seeing a lot of the introverts that, at the beginning of all this, we're like, oh, this is great. You know, this is perfect for me. Like <laughs> no social <laughs> obligations, just stay home. Uh, for that, for those of those of you without kids, you can just stay home and binge watch TV and, and you know, hey, that's great. I and mean, this, I would have had a ball. Um, this would have been great for me. Um, but even the, the introverts are starting to realize how much um, social interaction um, yeah. can help your you know, your mental <laughs> health. Um, cause it really is valuable, you know, to have those interactions with people, um, even at a small scale or for a short amount, you know, short amount of time, um, 
you know, spread out <laughs> when it, when it's just nothing for two months, uh, you start to go a little stir crazy, I think, uh, regardless yeah. of who you are. But, yeah. um, but thankfully it has been, you know, if this happened in the winter, it would have not been the same story. We, I've been outside as much as I possibly can, <laughs> you know, have a beer on the deck every night. You know, it's, if I couldn't do that, it'd be a, it'd be a different story. But <laughs> you are looking tan. You look nice and tan. I have. I've been I, getting, I don't know I've been if it's color. the white shirt or if it's <laughs> it actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got Contrast my base tan. Helps. Yeah, I broke out the uh, the inflatable pool for uh, for Caden the other day. So got our first oh, yeah? swimming day in, and uh, <laughs> I was just sitting there, feet in the water, beer in hand, soaking up the sun. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the good life. Yeah, that's but uh, yeah. it's funny you mentioned pool because my my sister in law just came over. Um, she's actually probably cleaning uh, part of my house right now, and um, she just she loves to clean because she's motivated to clean her own house. Then, in other words, <laughs> <laughs> she said if, if she cleans my house, maybe it'll motivate her to clean hers, that's which funny. I totally get. It's it's, yeah. it's, um, when somebody else cooks food for you, it always tastes better than the food you cook for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those classic scenarios. So she was over here and I made, I made her and my, my three nephews, uh, lunch. And, um, my, my nephew Everett started playing soccer with us, which our games are on Tuesday night. So tonight as it turns out. And, um, he was talking to me. I said, you ready for soccer? He's like, oh man, I can't wait. He goes, um, I wish we had a swimming pool to swim in afterwards. He said, uh, he said, um, sometimes I drink the water in the pools. I really like it. I'm like, dude, that has, you know, like you can't, you shouldn't do that, man. He's like, it, it tastes good. And his sister, Olivia, who's older, started laughing. She, and I said, what are you laughing at, Olivia? She goes, sometimes I pee in the pool. And I look at Everett and his eyes got all big. I'm like, you know what that means, right? He's like. Uh, that's hilarious <laughs> it's like man if you get in a pool with kids you know exactly what's going on i mean that's heck so you funny. get in a pool with adults you know what's going on but with kids it's just <laughs> you you're not everything's on the table you know yeah <laughs> drinking it you know contributing to it <laughs> yeah that's hilarious <laughs> uh yeah well I hope we, uh, I think that the, the private and community pools are allowed to be open on the 22nd of this month. So my community pool will be open in New Jersey. Okay. Um, so that'll be, that'll be nice because in the summer, especially once it hits a certain temperature consistently, uh, the pool is pretty much the place I live after work. (laughs) I love being outside, but, uh, when it's like 90 something degrees outside, I'm not just going to sit there and <laughs> sit in the heat. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I'm excited. And it is that hot today. Yes, very, it is. Very, very hot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew it like a couple weeks ago. It was like perfect, like mm-hmm. right in the like low 70s, uh, upper 60s. And, and I was like, this is only going to last for like another week and a half. Yeah. And then it's gone. And sure yep. enough. It's, sure enough. Summer. Yep. Summer's here. But. Yeah, so I guess before we go into our topics, um, you know, there's a lot going on in the country right now, um, and we recognize it. Uh, we feel that it's important to have a discussion about it. Um, but uh, quite frankly, this discussion can't really be had between two white guys um, who are both still recognizing and learning about uh, 
about our own privilege. Um, so uh, we, we do have someone in mind uh, that we'd like to bring on the show, but um, we couldn't uh, schedule them in time for, for this release. Um, but uh, just know um, we do plan on addressing the issue of racism in this country. Um, it's, uh, it's a conversation that we feel really needs to be had with someone who understands it and has experienced it. So, yeah, so, so these topics might not be quite as relevant to the current times, um, but uh, just know we do intend on hitting on some important topics in the near future. So, yeah. So our topics for today, um, our, our drum topic is an extension of last episode. Uh, we hit on drum, our home studios, uh, or drum studios. Um, so today we're going to kind of continue that conversation and talk about drum videos. Um, and then for our faith topic, we're going to talk about being wrong, which I guess is also a pretty relevant topic <laughs> right now. They're um, both are relevant. Wow. They're both relevant. Yeah, they're both pretty relevant. So um, without further ado, uh, Matt, why don't you uh, take it away on our drum topic? Sounds good. Okay, so several weeks ago, we had Luke Holland on the show, and there was a point that he made that really stuck out to me, um, and it is this. You can pay a lot of money and spend a lot of time to put together content for your social media. That content looks good, sounds good, costs an exorbitant amount of money and time. It's good content to have, however... The content that might get the most views and have the most interaction and engagement is the content that shows the audience that they can do what you can do. Content that shows the audience that you have an iPhone too and that your drumming doesn't need to be captured by a $5,000 DSLR to look and sound the way it does it can happen just the same on an iPhone 11, 10, 8. Enter in phone here, whatever mm-hmm. phone you have. I just mentioned iPhone because most of the subscribers and members on my website have iPhones. Yeah. So I've thought of I thought about that a lot, and we had a Zoom drummer hangout about a week ago, and I was just encouraging my students to think about the fact that one of the biggest names in drumming right now is telling you that he could afford and he has the experience in producing content that has cost an exorbitant amount of money and required an enormous amount of time. And yet his preference is on his Instagram to post basically selfie videos on his iPhone and put them directly to Instagram. Mm -hmm. Think about that. It puts the power back in your hands. It gives you so much opportunity in a world where you're just inundated by options you could be purchasing really really professional uh you know recording software you could be buying really nice cameras and all that stuff has its place however what i think is inefficient in the market if you will of drum videos drum education drum performance as it pertains to the virtual world The inefficiency is connection. Mm -hmm. I have videos on my macronalessons.com website that took me 
two or three hours a piece. It takes me about an hour to write the script. It takes me an hour and a half to record it because I screw up so many times. <laughs> and I have a one take mentality. And then it takes half an hour to get it out the door up on Dropbox and on the site. Okay. Compare that to the videos that I hire Clint and our front of house guy, Chris, for video and audio, respectively. The view counts on the egg room hour videos, the selfie video videos, mm-hmm. is about double. Wow. Double. I was talking to my web guy about this. I said, why do you think this is? And he didn't really have... I probably didn't let him talk because I knew exactly, because I knew, <laughs> I knew exactly what the reason was. It was rhetorical. I've, I've, <laughs> it was a rhetorical question. I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this. I've talked to my yeah. dad about this. Um, and what, where I think the inefficiency is in most markets is connection. If you can build a connection with someone, it will always supersede whatever professional high end expensive assets that you're providing the other person. They're going to see all that and say, boy, that looks good. But their eye and their heart and their ear and their attention will always be directed right back at who is talking to me and how are they speaking to me and what can I learn from this? And I'm looking at them in the eyes, face to face. Oh, and by the way, this is footage that looks like the footage I could film. I want to see what what they have to say. Uh-huh. It's it's not doctored up. It can't be as doctored up as this other uh, footage. It, it, it can't be as um, perfected as this other clip or this other soundbite. I want to see it for what it is, man. Give it to me. Just give it to me the way it was performed, the way it was taught, the way it's supposed to be, because that's what I need right now. Yeah. And so as I was thinking about that um, for today's lesson, it made me realize that, you know, I say lesson because that's what I've been doing. Uh, it kind of is a lesson. If you're a drummer, and you have an iPhone, this is a great time for you to use what you have in your hand, literally in your hand, in your pocket to produce content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, they call it the digital age. That's 100% true. And this whole pandemic lockdown has further enforced that, I think. Um, and honestly, like I say this in marketing, like video is king. Um, especially now, um, that's why zoom stock has skyrocketed. (laughs) It's why, um, the video counts have skyrocketed on YouTube and on Instagram because people are spending so much more time on social media and on their phones and on their devices. And I mean, even my own, like I get, um, a weekly usage report that averages out my time spent per day. And it's like, I mean, part of it's work related, but, um, I'm at like six hours a day on my phone and it's crazy, you know? Um, and I'm sure most of you are right at that number, if not more. (laughs) So like, it's, um, you know, it's crazy. So like Matt said, now is absolutely the time. I mean, the fact that you can do everything right from a phone, you can, you can, you know, set it up, record the video of your, of your drumming or your, your guitar playing, um, then you can, without doing anything else, upload it straight to Instagram or to YouTube. You don't even have to leave your phone. And in most cases, a lot of the people watching aren't going to be leaving their phones either. It's going to all be from a, from their device or their mobile mm-hmm. phone, you know? So it's, it's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. so I want to dig a little bit deeper, um, into some, 
I guess, strategies that I've seen other successful drummers on social media use. Um, so, so Matt and I actually had a conversation, um, and I think this is this is a cool conversation to bring up because um, we're we're kind of opposite in the approach that we've taken so far um, with our drumming. Um, Matt told me he's not the type of person uh, to just post something. You know, he's not going to just uh, record a quick drum video and post it up on Instagram. Um, he wants everything to be top-notch, high-quality everything across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, he waits till he gets asked by Zildjian um, to record a video, and they'll film it, and, you know, it'll be uh, something that he works hard to, uh, to perfect. And that's what you, that's what you see of him. Um, and that's what in the marketing biz we call, you know, maintaining your brand. Uh, he's decided this is what is best representative of him and how he wants to put himself out there. Me, on the other hand, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's a lack of care, um, or just, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I, I'm the type of person that will 100% record a video real quick, um, probably won't even get the best take that I could or that I feel that I'm capable of, but I'll still just throw it up there because I just like posting content and it's, you know, um, I think part of it is because I'm not in a band playing consistently. Um, you know, I'm not putting myself in front of thousands of people that can see me mess up. So now it doesn't matter if I put it up on my own channel for people to see me mess up. It's just like, at least I'm performing, at least I'm putting something out there consistently. Um, but, uh, there are so many different ways to do that. What I've seen a lot of successful, um, drummers do is kind of a mixture of the two, actually. Um, usually they'll pay to produce some high quality videos. Um, they'll write a, a cool cover or they'll, um, they'll, uh, you know, write, you know, have a song that they've written and they'll do a drum playthrough of it um, and they'll practice it and they'll perfect it and then they'll have a film crew come in or just a videographer come in and, and film it really well um, and then they'll release that. Um, but in addition to that, you know, you can't, unless you have a major budget, which as a musician I'm guessing you probably don't, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't put videos like that out every day or every week even, uh, or even every month. Um, so the, uh, what, what a lot of people do is they set up uh, a phone or in my case, a GoPro, uh, they put it up somewhere in the room, get the best angle they can. Um, sometimes they'll invest in some, some lighting. So it at least looks nice. Sometimes they'll invest in a backdrop. In Matt's case, he invested in, um, you know, a corner space, um, for his studio and, uh, you know, um, and then they'll just record content just like that. And it's pretty inexpensive. It's, it's pretty affordable. Um, I was telling Matt <laughs> the other day, um, and I, I think you were pretty surprised actually when I, <laughs> when I, uh, uh, told you this, but I record, um, I record on my GoPro and then I transfer the GoPro video to my phone I bounce the uh, the drum audio from my uh, from Pro Tools, put that on Dropbox, export to my phone, and then I actually edit my drum videos on iMovie from my phone. I on just sync phone. up the audio and the video. I believe that. In most cases, there's no cuts. I'm throwing up. You know, I have I know I have 60 seconds on Instagram, so I pull 60 seconds of my video clip and sync that audio up, 
and then export it and upload it to Instagram. And it's as easy as that. I could be mm-hmm. editing from my couch on my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so, and that's pretty much what I do. And that's, it's great. And I, there's even less steps if you're recording straight onto your iPhone. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, a mixture of the two is really, you know, it's really good to have. Um, I probably do have the luxury of, you know, I'm, with working in marketing, I have a, a videographer that I have at my disposal um, that I could record some, you know, high quality content. The timing thing is, or having time to do it is more my issue. Having time to mm-hmm. really perfect a song and then, you know, set up a, you know, a location to shoot it and stuff. But however you want, however you want to do it, I think the main thing that, that Matt was getting at uh, is it doesn't matter what you do um, or what you're using to film yourself or to record yourself. What really matters is, is who you are and how you connect through the camera. It's, it's what you bring. I remember the first, um, the first drum video that really got me before like drum videos were popular was this, um, this video of Travis Barker doing a playthrough of, um, uh, I forget which, which song it was, it was a rap song that was popular at the time and, um, soldier boy, Mm. uh, and uh, so it's this look up Travis Barker, Soldier Boy. And it's like literally just taken with like a phone or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, no, it's not professional production. I think they did sync like professional audio over it. But man, that video like just got me. I was like so into it. I can't tell you how many times I watched it. Um, and, uh, and the reason why I watched it so much was because of how he was playing. You know, like his arms were high up there and the beat he he had written for that cover was just so cool and something I'd never heard before and um and that's what made the video like I didn't care about the quality I didn't mm-hmm. care even about the sound quality what I cared about was the fact that it was Travis Barker playing this cool groove and like really showing off you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and that made it for me you know um so that's really that like before you go and purchase a bunch of equipment or figure out what you're going to do, um, I would recommend figuring out who you are as a drummer, mm-hmm. you know, and not being ashamed to, uh, to share stuff, um, that you're proud of, you know, if it's, if, if you like it, no one else cares <laughs> and it's that approach. That's it's that, point. it's that way of thinking. I think that's really going to propel you forward. Cause if you're staying true to yourself and you're doing what you love, um, it's not going to get stale. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine having all this technology like 15 years ago when we started playing? Well, when did you start playing? When did I start playing? Uh, I don't remember when I started playing. I got serious when I was like 12, I guess. That's okay. when I started really practicing So you've been playing for four years then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, wish. <laughs> I, the one thing I would say is if I had, the one thing I would say is this. Recording content, capturing your performances requires energy and time. Always put more time into your practicing than you are into your recording. Starting up MacRoundLessons.com, the subscription side, and creating all this content, it requires energy and time. I didn't have this responsibility. I didn't. I didn't have to allocate time for a project like this when I started playing and when I was practicing with the band the first like I don't know 
five years, a couple years before we really started touring hard. And I'm really glad that I didn't hmm. because had I had the opportunity to, the opportunity to supply a demand, right now I feel like there's a little bit, I won't say it's a lot, but there's a little bit of a demand for content from people that like August Burns Red or people that want to learn drumming from me. And so you, you're receptive to that content you're receptive to that demand. I'm sorry. You're receptive mm-hmm. to the demand and you want to supply the demand. The problem comes when you're incentivized more to create content to supply a demand than you are incentivized to practice and develop your skills mm. and keep progressing as a drummer. And I wouldn't say it's ever a good idea to choose one all of the time. I would say it's probably more important to focus more on practice over creating content. Mm -hmm. And here's why. If you set your mind to just creating content for an audience, you're going to satisfy that demand. And in most cases, I think saturate that demand. My, what we just talked about the way that I see my drumming as it pertains to social media and the brand and whatever else. The reason that I don't like putting drum videos up all the time is because it's not true to my life. My life is diversified. I have a lot of things going on and drumming is one of those things. And so I project that structure, the life that I have on the lives of other people and say, well, well, surely they do other things beyond drums and, and therefore they don't just want to watch drumming videos. I also align that with the way that I view other people's drumming videos or social media accounts. And in most cases, if someone posts a new drumming video every day, no matter how good they are, I don't, I don't watch them. It's not because I don't want to see what they're doing. It's not because they're not incredible. In most cases, these are some of the best drummers yeah. and educators. Just doesn't interest me to, I, I, I don't feel like um, I'm thirsty for something that someone's been, been offering me to to drink like, yeah, this is a, this is the best water, right? The mm-hmm. best water, but it's so readily available that I need to get thirsty again before I need another drink. Yeah. I, I would say be, be sensitive to how much of a demand there is for what you're offering. And in that time between creating that supply for that demand, work on what you're supplying. Because as I said, time and energy are required to produce that content. Just like I, I was in a divorce care class for about a year and in divorce care, one of the most important things you learn initially is that it, when you're first going through separation and divorce, so much of your energy is being consumed in the process, right? But if you can imagine like a, a bar graph or a pie chart, you have all of these different types of energy. You have and don't take this to be, I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking, I'm just speaking specifically to like, okay, your, your soul, you know, whether you are a religious person or not, something deeper than just the surface, right? Um, your physical health, your emotional health, um, your mental health or energy, when mm-hmm. you're going through something that difficult, in most cases, your emotional energy is being depleted and is, and is being withdrawn from 
significantly more than the other factors in your life. And so everything else will sort of take a back seat because um, your life requires, seems to require one element more than all of these others. So in other words, you're not going to be going to the gym a whole lot. You're probably not going to be focusing on like taking care of yourself because Mm -hmm. you're so, you're so just drained because of this thing that's happening in your life. In the same way, (laughs) in creating drum videos, you're going to be pretty drained if you're only focused on creating content daily or weekly that there won't be much left for that practice time. Yeah, that's true. There just will not be much left for that practice time. And I, I say that with some experience over the last couple months, I've really had to um, figure out how to sanction my day Mm -hmm. so that I still have that practice time to work on things that are not for the camera they're not for likes. They're not for comments. They're not for education. They just, they're the reason at the core of my drumming, why I do this, mm-hmm. pushing myself to be better. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that I have the best advice to speak to this because it's somewhat of a new thing for me. I just know I'm contrasting it with the way that I started playing drums, which was I never thought about turning the camera on, dude. You you talk about turning the camera on. I'm gonna put sticks down and be like, nope, not me. Yeah, I don't want to play for that thing. Yeah. Uh, and now with in the world in which we live, I think a lot of young drummers think I have to be putting content up in order to feel like a drummer. Mm. No, 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 no. That's not true. Yeah. You are a drummer because you sit down and play. It, That's right. There doesn't there does not need to be a camera recording you to make you any more or less of a drummer. Yeah. In fact, some of the best drummers that I wish had content up there don't have any content anywhere. No kidding. <laughs> so, you know, uh, if that's not saying something. But, yeah, I mean, you hit on such a great point because this is actually what I've kind of experienced. I, I kind of hit, like, a wall because um, I was trying so hard to think of a different groove or a different something that I could play um, so that I could post once a week even or every other week. And I haven't posted in like over a month. I don't think I've actually posted once since the quarantine started. Uh, <laughs> uh, just cause like when I sit down on the kit now, I don't want the added pressure of having the camera on or having to record onto pro tools and then mix, you know, I just want to play. That's like, and it's been great. I've just been getting on the kit and I've just been playing until I can't mm-hmm. move my arms or I, until I'm sweating so much that I need to go shower. You know, it's like, that's, <laughs> that's, and that's been great for me. Eventually I'll start posting again and hopefully the fruits of my practice labor will show through that. Um, yeah. Most of the guys that are out there doing the best, um, they, uh, they perfected their craft long before That's correct. Instagram or, or anything, you know, I mean the guys that I watch the most like Ash Sohn and Stan yep. Bicknell and, uh, you know, those guys are, they were great <laughs> before they yeah. had a hundred thousand followers, you yeah. know, um, but, but uh, conversely, um, don't let, uh, you know, the skill level of other people be the reason why you wouldn't post a video, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's never been easier. You can set up your phone and you can throw something up there and just keep in mind that just because you can't play a triplet as well as, uh, Aaron Spears that doesn't mean that you shouldn't post that cool groove that you just recorded on your phone. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's something special about each of us. And, um, I think, 
as we've said so many times, tap into what is you on the drums. Mm -hmm. You know, it's crazy that um, even after all of this, after so many drummers, so many famous drummers, so many successful drummers, um, it's it's crazy that people are still finding their own sound. You know, <laughs> like even like Luke Holland, who who really modeled his drumming af after you know Adam Gray and 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 like you, Matt, and um, you know he now has his own sound. Mm -hmm. Like I can hear that's that's Luke Holland. That's no one <laughs> no one else. Mm -hmm. Aaron Gillespie. I mean. You know it's Aaron Gillespie playing. Mm -hmm. He's one one of the probably right up there with Travis Barker as far as the most pronounced yeah. uh, <laughs> style of playing. Absolutely. Um, but be the guy that everyone else wants to sound like. Don't try to sound like one of the other guys. Be that guy. You know, um, that's going to that's what's going to make the biggest difference in your drum videos. Um, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's good. So. I just talked to Aaron Spears last week. I, I called him about, um, I pitched him the idea that I'm using for macro lessons. Mm -hmm. I just advised that he maybe consider doing the same thing. And we were talking about the same thing. And, um, he, he was talking, he was talking about how he feels like, um, he's probably one of the drummers that would be more so just posting every now and then about drumming. And I said, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Whenever I see a drum video pop up from you, I want to watch it because you don't get it a whole lot. Yeah. So talking about one of the biggest names in the game thinking about something like this i think um if you're listening to this and you're thinking about trying to get into it just take all of this information with a grain of salt ultimately keep practicing and start recording if you haven't already if mm -hmm. you have think about who your audience is they're sitting there eating lunch what are they going to want to watch what are they going to want to see is it always a drum video? Is it always the same kind of drumming? What are, what other things in your life do you think people would find interesting that might supplement this idea that you're a drummer and a great drummer and here's what you've been playing, but you also do these other things that might contribute towards that mm -hmm. story? Yeah. That's it. That's it. And I think I like what you said about, you know, sometimes posting um, very sparsely. You know, like you don't have to post every day or every week or every month, you know, because when you do post that one time, it's probably going to get three times as many views and <laughs> likes as if you were posting every day, because at some point it just kind of mm -hmm. all blends together. Um, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's also, you know, a really good strategy. Um, you know, I don't think it should ever be about the view count or the likes that you get. Um, it should be about you loving what you do and displaying it because it's it's not a best kept secret, <laughs> you know. It is a uh, something that you should share with the world. Um, but uh, also, don't you know? Don't judge how good if if you're confident and you like how this video turned out. Be confident in it. You know, mm -hmm. be happy with that video, regardless of how many likes or follows you get after posting it. You know, it's. Mm -hmm. It's about um, you staying true to yourself and, and being the drummer you want to be. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It's great. Good stuff. All right. So I headed that one off. Now, um, <laughs> I know this is a lot more simplistic. So what do you have to say about our faith topic today, Tim? Our faith topic <laughs> was, uh, was one that I kind of uh, just pulled out of nothing. Um, 
So I've been seeing, like, I mean, obviously everything's crazy right now. I'm not going to get into like what's going on in the world, but I've just been seeing so many people that are very certain of themselves, Mm -hmm. very, very certain. Um, And I've actually, you know, like, (laughs) I guess after the smoke has cleared in some cases, I've seen a lot of people actually admit to their self-righteousness. Um, and it was striking me how many people were either extremely confident, not willing to back down. Like I, w- I wasn't seeing arguments on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I was just seeing like just all out fights, you know, mm-hmm. no one was listening to the other person. It was just like, I'm right. And this is why I don't care what you have to say. You know, <laughs> people were trying to back their stance and, you know, it's just like, I was just that, that idea of self-righteousness was really uh, playing true to me. And I was mm-hmm. just like thinking like, you know, we've talked about how when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. You know, that's the whole idea of being deceived. And that's literally how the devil tries to divide people mm-hmm. is by deceiving them. <laughs> um, why would you admit to something th- that you literally don't think is wrong? You know, why, why would you say I'm wrong if you don't think you're wrong? Um, and so it, it had me start to question myself because there, there were people that were coming out and saying, I'm sorry, what I've been saying or, or how I've been going about this, I've been self-righteous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, let me just take a quick look at myself, you know, because it's easy for me to say, yes, you have been good. Thank you for admitting that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. then if I'm not taking that same look at myself and saying, am I, am I wrong? Do I have it a little skewed? You know, uh, you know, whether or not we ever reach the, the full truth is, is irrelevant. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It, what, what's important is like, am, am I, uh, am I being open-minded? Am I listening? Um, to, to the facts, to what's being presented. And regardless of whether this person is, has any fact, factual evidence or anything that he's bringing of value at all, it doesn't matter. Am I listening? Am I being open to the idea of possibly being wrong about something? Cause if I'm not, mm-hmm. that is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so the topic today, I just want to talk about a few things. One is how do we allow ourselves to recognize being wrong. And then once we do recognize that we're wrong, how do we deal with that? (laughs) Um, Where do we go from there? You know, so admitting we're wrong, um, Mm -hmm. for instance. Um, So I was, um, there's two things I want to read real quick. One um, is a verse from Luke. Uh, It's a parable that, um, that Jesus spoke. It's Luke 18, nine through 14. Um, So it says, uh, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. There's self-righteousness right there. And treated others with contempt. So two men went up into the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like the other man, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I can get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, 
but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So here in this verse, we have a picture of two people. Um, The Pharisee, so for some context, the Pharisee at that point was looked at as the perfect human being, the idea of a perfect life. You know, he followed all the rules and he um, knew all the scriptures. He was usually uh, among the top percentage of the most intelligent people of that time. Um, People looked up to him. People respected him. Um, That was the Pharisee. The tax collector was pretty much the opposite. He was the most hated person. Um, Oftentimes, uh, tax collectors were stealing. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of their income came from additional taxes that they added on to government taxes. So they were just robbing people of their money. Um, So tax collectors were hated. But here you see... You see, you, you have the perfect person. So let's say the Pharisee is just is your uh, everyday Christian who might think that he's good enough, you know, does follows all the rules, goes to church every Sunday, tithes, whatever. That's the Pharisee here. And then we have the, uh, the tax collector who is your sinner, doesn't go to church, does, you know, in most cases will choose uh, poorly <laughs> in his decision-making. Uh, these are the two people that you have represented here. However, the Pharisee, is praying to God, thanking God that he is not like everybody else. He's thanking him that that he has it right, that he's doing the right thing. And you have the tax collector doing the complete opposite, crying out to heaven, beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. Who do you think Hmm. God is going to respond to (laughs) in this case? Who do you think is actually in the right here? Um, Regardless of what this tax collector has done in the past, he is he's asking for forgiveness. I'm going to go into another quote real quick. This one's from a, a pastor in California. His name's Greg Laurie. Um, and uh, I love this quote because it's really, it just spelled out perfectly. And he says, um, there's a difference between remorse and repentance. Remorse is being sorry for being caught. Repentance is being sorry enough to stop. What I see a lot nowadays, even in myself, is that I will apologize. I will, um, you know, <laughs> get all down on myself because of something I did. Um, not always just because I was caught, but just because I, I recognized it in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll apologize for that thing. Um, but a lot of the times it's just from a place of remorse. It's from a place of, oh, I can't believe I did that. I'm sorry. And then it happens again. <laughs> so repentance is, is actually being so sorry that something clicks in your brain, something shifts, and you can actually stop doing that thing. Um, and there's a big difference there. You know, mm. it's, it's one thing for someone to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for that. Um, one thing I hear a lot is, I'm sorry if you felt that way mm-hmm. or if th- I'm sorry if this affected you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, and that's not being sorry. That's being uh, remorseful. Mm-hmm. Um, what God calls us to do is to repent. I mean, Jesus says all throughout the Bible, repent. And how I've seen many Christians take that is, is from a place of legalism. It's from like, 
you know, repent, your sins will send you to hell. You know, the, the fire and brimstone message, it's, you know, repent, we are sinners. We, you know, that's, that's, and, and yes, to a degree that is correct. Repentance is recognizing your sin. It's realizing how low you really are on the totem pole. But repentance is changing the way that you think. It actually means to look up and change the way that you think. That's what repentance is. And I think what we need right now uh, in this world is repentance. Hmm. Uh, we've always needed it, um, but I think even more so now because if we are living in a, in a place of repentance and we're living um, in a place of, of having an open mind, realizing our failures, um, and trying to figure out are we the Pharisee or are we the tax collector? <laughs> if mm-hmm. we're coming at it like, oh, maybe I'm the tax collector or maybe I'm the Pharisee, that might change how we approach a conversation, how mm-hmm. we how we listen. Um, if we're so sure of ourselves that we're not ready to listen to anyone else's opinion or anyone else's proof, whether there be any, we're not setting ourselves up in the right place. We're not mm-hmm. we're not ready to uh, we're not really ready to live. <laughs> if, if we're so sure of ourselves, we should just be by ourselves. Is, right. is my opinion. And you probably will be eventually. And you you most likely will be, yeah. What do you I think? think? I think I think you've made a lot of good points. <laughs> I think it's relevant. Um, I think the spiritual aspect of this guides the physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about this before. There was a, a man who came home to his house and on the on the kitchen counter was a note that said, "Hey, I paid your trash bill for the year." Hmm. And it was anonymous, you know, an anonymous payment. He thought, "Oh my gosh, that was so nice of whoever did that. I wish I knew how it, I knew. I wish I knew who it was. I would <clears throat> take him out for dinner. I, I definitely write him a card, you know. Very, very like that was such a nice thing to do." And there was someone else in the same neighborhood who came home and they found a note on their table that said, hey, all those back taxes you owed that we're going to send you to jail for 10 years, I took care of them. You, I, I knew you could have never paid them on your own, so I took care of them. You're clear. Like, you've basically just started over. Your life is reset you don't have to watch your back. <laughs> you don't have to work your butt off just to stay out of prison. You're good. The response to that kind of debt payment would be, I have to find out who this is because whatever they want for the rest of my life, I'll give to them. The response is the response and repentance is always parallel to the sacrifice, the cost. In the, in the case of the first payment, a trash bills 300 bucks a year. It's expensive, but it's not it's not life-changing, but someone who just cleared your debt and changed your trajectory <laughs> that's life-changing. Mm-hmm. And so you respond to that with this gratitude that says, "I'll do anything that's asked of me." I think Part of our problem is that we 
don't realize as people of faith how much it costs to give us the salvation that we're guaranteed. And I use the word guaranteed because it is guaranteed, meaning it's not dependent on us. (laughs) That's what makes it a gift. Mm-hmm. If it was dependent on our works, it would not be guaranteed, which is why you see certain denominations in the Christian faith working their butts off to try to achieve something that they already could have. It's unfortunate. There's always this fear that you haven't arrived. You haven't made it. You aren't secure. You can never rest and relax and just exhale. And as Christians, we're told just stop it. Stop and sit and think about what has been given to you. Whatever you're doing right now could never give you what I've already given you, the gift that you already have as a Christian, a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. If, if we would sit long enough to realize that, how costly it was, and it's something I think you realize new every day forever and ever because it's not just a trash bill and it's not just back taxes. It's your life. Mm-hmm. Your life has been saved though you do not deserve it and though you did nothing to earn it. And I think when you realize the extent of that sacrifice, it moves you to this place of repentance. It literally moves you, meaning there's change. Mm -hmm. That's the spiritual sense. And then the, the physical sense is, well, if that's true, then I'm broken. I don't have what it takes to be complete on my own. I do not have what it takes. I can never be perfect. Out of that brokenness, you do as what Martin Luther once said, which is a Christian life is one of repentance. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. A Christian life is one of repentance. I think he's so right, actually, that that's really a good indicator of a Christian On the surface, you have someone who's teachable, someone who can take criticism and almost ask for it Mm -hmm. and easily and yet at the same time with full sincerity is willing to say, I am sorry. And to your point, it's not, it's not this sense of remorse that you hear on the tip of everybody's tongue right now, which is like, I'm sorry if that offended you. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to offend you. That's different. That's not coming from a place of, I could have very much so been wrong in that situation. And if I was wrong, I want to change. There was, there was a story once again in divorce care about uh, a lady who was explaining. I should go to this divorce care, man. You're learning a lot there. <laughs> you should go to divorce care. <laughs> my don't wife might, might not be too happy go. about it, <laughs> but <laughs> don't, don't live up to the criteria to go there, but you should go. Yeah. yeah. A lot of good stuff. <laughs> We've talked about this. There was an old lady there who was talking about things that she did in her relationship um, in trying to like get through arguments, right? Or like disagreements. Mm -hmm. So you're married, you're you're having disagreements, two sinful people smashed together. You're not going to get along all the time. So she was asked, how do you deal with this? What has been your strategy? And she said, well, if someone accuses me of something, someone has a problem with me, what I will say is if I think that it could be valid, I'll say, I'm sorry to hear that I did that. I'm not so sure I did that or I'm not so sure I am that way, but if I am, I want to change. So Mm -hmm. let me pray about it. 
And if it's okay, let's talk about this as soon as I work on this and really think about this. The second response would be if she's accused of something that she's really sure is not true, her response still will be. Keep going. <laughs> good. Her response still will be, I'm sorry that you feel that way. That would be such a terrible thing to be true of myself. And if it is true, I want to change it. I really don't think it is, but let me pray about it. So here you have someone who's positioned themselves to be so secure in who they are in Jesus and their faith and their identity that whatever criticism they get, they're still willing to look at whatever faults and shortcomings they have and say, I think I can be better. I think I can do better. And even if that's not true, it's still worth looking into. If we as a society are willing to do that, there will be change happening on the hour, every hour. Everyone will be looking at themselves critically and thinking, man, I really want to do better. And I don't think that that's true, what that person's saying about me or about someone else. But if it is, boy, that would be a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. I want to make it better. I want to change. And so it comes from this sense of, of brokenness in that you realize that you're imperfect But underneath of that brokenness is the security that holds it all together that says, as Tim Keller says, you're more loved than you could ever imagine. And you're more messed up, dare I say, than you dare believe. Speaking Mm -hmm. of Tim Keller, he just came out and said he has pancreatic cancer. Yeah, I heard that. If you're you're a praying person, pray for Tim Keller. Mm -hmm. So here's a man who wrote Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. He knows it well. Tim Keller is not the kind of person that's going to just bounce your criticism of him off of himself. He's the kind of person that will say, man, if that's true about me, I want to change that. Mm -hmm. I think we need a lot more of those types of people than the type of person that just has no room, no space for criticism because there's no, there's no malleability. There's no room for change. There's no, there's no teachability about themselves. It's just this stubborn, strict steel plate that separates them from you. And man, there's no, there's no life with, with that kind of wall. There's, there's, there's no, there's no connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to be teachable. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I feel like nothing even really more needs to be said (laughs) because that's it. I mean, the the practical application here is, I mean, at least for me, is maybe I assume I'm wrong in every circumstance, in every conversation. Just for a second, assume assume that you're wrong. I like that because if you're if if you're if you think that you're wrong or think that you might be wrong, and you want to be right, what is the way to do that? It's to listen. It's to learn. It's to be open-minded, and um, that is what I am seeing that's missing today. Hmm. Um, I have been infuriated yeah. with the church. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. always comes down to that, but like the, the primary <laughs> Welcome to Holy offend- Ghost Notes. Yeah, welcome to Holy Ghost Notes. The primary <laughs> nice offenders that I'm seeing are Christians, and it is bugging me. So here, here's what we can do. If you're listening to this and you're a Christian, you're like, well, am I that Christian? Because I am, I'm trying to do the same thing with myself. Am, am I that Christian? <laughs> am I that person that is so closed-minded, um, you know, and so sure of myself? You know, am I that person? Here's what you do. A, assume that you're wrong. 
in every conversation, just assume for a second that you're wrong. B, does this line up with who Jesus was? And when I say who Jesus was, look at, look at what he taught. Don't try to finagle something he said or that he did into something that condones your, what you're doing or what you're saying. Your I'm agenda. saying look at, look at what, who Jesus was and what he said. What, did he, what was the thing that he said was most important? Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Is what you're saying or what you're doing loving to your neighbor? Right. <laughs> if it's not, there's a pretty good indicator that you're wrong. Um, right. If, if we just take a step back, just dismantle our prejudices, our um, preconceived ideas, our religion, if we just dismantle that and take a look at take a look at life or the situation for what it is just for a second. I think it's going to bring a lot of clarity. Mm-hmm. Will we have all the answers? Will we get it 100% right after we do mm-hmm. that? Probably mm-hmm. not. But will it give us a better opportunity to do that? I would say 100% yes. <laughs> It'll give us a, I think, a much better, better opportunity. I think you can speak to this as a dad. I think each of us need leaders. Mm-hmm. I think each of us needs leadership before we can provide leadership. And leadership means speaking your mind. Leadership means saying something that you think is true and something that is valid and something that needs to happen. That's, that is a, a facet of leadership. I think before you can be in a position where you use that sort of um, power, you, mm-hmm. you exercise that sort of power, you need a leader to show you how to properly do that. And if your leader is... Jesus, then as, as Tim is saying, you look at the Bible and you say, how did he lead? He really led by serving. I mean, he, he really led by serving. Mm-hmm. I was, I was at a get together on Sunday and there was a, um, um, little guy, he's, he's 10 years old and his name is Xavier. And he, he was, he was playing outside and he cut his foot on a, like a Frisbee that was like broken. It was like kind of shattered and he, he mm-hmm. stepped on it and Frisbees are pretty rigid. It kind of cut up the bottom of his foot. So he came running in and sat down. He wanted to play, um, he wanted to play video games. And I said, well, let's take a look at your foot, dude. So I, I got down and I was literally watching his, his foot with a paper towel. That was like dousing water. And while I was washing his foot, I just had this thought. I'm like, huh, I don't know that I've ever done this before. Like actually washed someone else's foot. This was just a kid. Mm-hmm. It's a whole nother thing to wash an adult's foot and not because their foot is cut but because you're cleaning the dirt off of them, it was sort of a um, traditional ceremonial act, but it was an act of service. And this is something that Jesus did. That is a leader. One who washes someone else's feet, even those that you disagree with. And um, my leader, more, on a more, I would say, community level is my pastor in my church, Kevin Eshelman. Kevin Eshelman recently came out and he said, I want each of us in the congregation to take a serious look at ourselves and I want us to do it for nine minutes because nine minutes is an important number. This week, the last two weeks, nine minutes. I want each of us to look in the mirror and take a serious look at ourselves. Is there something that needs to change? In my church, we're doing a prayer and fasting 
week this week to look at ourselves inside each one of ourselves. That's not look at someone else. It's mm-hmm. to look at ourselves and say, is there sin? Racism is sin. It's a despicable kind of sin. Um, but all, all, all sorts of different, all sorts of different disgusting things mm-hmm. are a part of each of our lives. And we need to spend more time, not just nine minutes, but profoundly enough, nine minutes looking at that sin and saying, do I have something to learn on a personal level, my personal experiences, and also on a community level? What is my community teaching me? Ultimately, I think it really comes down to leadership. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if that, you know, if that leadership is leading in love, which is so important, I think that's the easiest way to recognize whether we're following or not, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's a great idea. I think we should all, everyone listening to this, even if it's only once, even if it's just today or tomorrow, take nine minutes, look at yourself in the mirror. For me, it starts to get uncomfortable after about 20 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) But look at yourselves in the mirror for nine minutes and really ask yourself, where am I wrong? Mm-hmm, where, that's right. where am I going wrong? And I think it's going to be pretty eye-opening. I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I promise. You have my word. I am going to do this. I'm going to look at myself for nine minutes, and I'm going to figure out. <laughs> it's probably going to be. Crippling. I'll tell you what. I might not be able to stand. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Let's make this easy. Let's make this easy. So if you're listening to this podcast, we would probably go for about. 15 minutes longer. We're going to end nine minutes earlier. So we're mm-hmm. going to discontinue this conversation, leaving you with this valid um, request. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to do this? Nine minutes. Just give it nine minutes. Look in the mirror. Take a serious look at yourself with the presumption that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. If you come up on the other side and you say, nope, I wasn't wrong about a thing. I would love to meet you. And at the same time, I would almost rather never meet you because <laughs> yeah. I've never met someone like that. <laughs> yeah, don't reach out to us and say that because we'll never want to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks in for most bringing cases, up. Uh, you're, you're probably the person Jesus would hang out with, but <laughs> he would be with you. But that's he Jesus. Would be with you. But yeah, I mean, take a look. So the verse I, I brought out in at the beginning, you had a Pharisee and you had a tax collector. Look at who Jesus hung out with. He hung out with Zacchaeus, the tax collector. He he said, I'm I'm dining at your house tonight, the most hated person in town. And and then here you have the Pharisees who are self-righteous, think they're perfect. From the world's standards, they pretty much are. And Jesus was disgusted by them, called them out every chance he got. So in the 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 world of memes. Don't be the tax. Uh, don't be the Pharisee. Be the tax collector. <laughs> so we'll just end this. Let's uh, let's do uh, let let's chat. We're going to challenge each other to look at ourselves for nine minutes and just ask where are we where are we wrong? I think that's probably the biggest thing we can do for ourselves right now. It's mm-hmm. great. Cool. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, thanks, Matt. That was fantastic, dude. Um, I'm going to give some shout outs uh, to uh, some new Inner Circle members quick and uh, 
and then we'll wrap it up. So big shout out to uh, Ken Zapla, Megan Mitchell, Drake Crowley, Jeffrey Lash, and Weston Rudisil. Um, thank you guys so much for your support and uh, thank you for being part of the Inner Circle. Um, if you're curious to what the Inner Circle is, um, it is our Patreon. Uh, we've got uh, some cool incentives and um, you pay monthly and it basically helps us uh, run this thing, run this podcast, uh, get the, the gear that we need and, and pay for the subscriptions that we need and uh, and give you guys some cool perks in the, in the process. So um, the next perk we're actually going to be adding is five days from now, uh, from this release date uh, on the 15th of June, um, the uh, what is it? The triplet and the ghost note tiers, I believe. The top mm-hmm. two tiers top are going to have access to mattgrinerlessons.com. Um, so, uh, yeah, as soon as you sign up on the 15th, you'll have immediate access to sign up for Matt Grinder Lessons as well, all included in that same membership uh, Patreon price. So, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Good stuff, man. Thanks a lot. That yeah, was great. Yeah, definitely. See you guys next time. Thanks a lot for listening. Yeah. Peace. Peace.